0: Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome back to The Framework Project. It's Jordan here. This is episode 16 of The Framework Project. This is The Toxicity Framework. And in this one, Quinn and I are very, very pleased to be joined by Bailey Pelletier of The Downline Podcast. Uh, Bailey recently started this podcast and it's all about multi-level marketing schemes and kind of the toxicity that comes with the expectations and the business model of that venture and those ventures, those businesses. So we really liked this, uh, recording this one and getting to have a fellow law student uh, and a fellow podcaster on our podcast. And we got to talk about a whole bunch of really cool things, uh, mainly toxic positivity and uh, how that plays into not only um, you know MLMs, but also life. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Uh, and we'll be back next week. I think just Quinn and I for a, uh, framework project reflection on the last little bit of podcasts that Quinn and I have done. So hope you guys enjoy this one. Chat soon. Bye.
1: Episode 16 with video now. It's weird because I actually never am able to see Jordan or who we're talking to things to suggest, episode 16 with another continuation of the small group, Bailey herself. Do you want to give yourself an intro?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I mean, in what capacity am I here? As part of your small group or because you uh, – I don't know. Like, <laughs> it depends.
1: Alice, uh, what do you um, want to know? What's your name? What, what are you all about, Bailey? Where are you from? What uh, have you been up to? Who are you?
0: Well, why don't, um, why, why don't we do this, Quinn? Bailey, I'll let you go in a second and we can talk about this. But our friend Bailey, who, yes, she's in our small group in law school – but she also just started a podcast. Um, it's called The Downline Podcast. You can find it pretty much anywhere you stream podcasts. And it's about multi-level marketing schemes uh, and those businesses. And it's it's kind of, um, I don't know, an outcry against MLMs and what they're all about. So, What's Bailey, that- why don't we start by saying this. What made you start this podcast?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I just needed an outlet. Like, um, I don't know, maybe I'll give a bit of a background on MLMs for like your listeners who don't know. Um, so they've probably all seen them. They just don't know their MLM. Sometimes people call them and, uh, for legal reasons, I don't use this word, but pyramid schemes. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so they're basically like those companies like Arbonne, Mary Kay, Young Living, doTERRA, Herbalife, Um, it works like those companies, like where people will like super awkwardly message you like that's, that's probably like most of the exposure listeners have had. It's like, Hey girl, do you want to learn about this business opportunity and work from home? Um, this is awesome. Like, so anyways, they've been like really on the rise and I'm from a small town in Manitoba and MLMs really prey on, um, moms because childcare is really expensive. So they try to sell the idea that you can work from home and not pay for childcare, um, and work from your phone or whatever and not require any like initial investment, like starting a normal, starting a normal, like small business would be. And also military wives, which I grew up on uh, a sort like on a military base just so, so like they, um, military wives are really often quite disempowered because like, it's really hard to like start a career when you're always moving around and people won't hire you because they know you're going to leave in a few years. So like yeah, young I, not even young moms, like all moms and military wives are really targeted. And that's kind of like who my people were, you know, like that was who was around me all the time. And so I'm just like seeing them being sucked into these. I say they're scams. You know, a lot of people say they're not scams, but the more you look into it, the more you realize it's probably a scam. Um, Yeah. So I just despise them. Honestly, like I don't dislike the people in them. I like honestly feel like I like a sense of like I don't, like, I need to protect them. Like, I'm just, like, there's not a lot of information about out there about MLMs, which is, just, like, quite shocking because it's a very exploitative industry. So that's the whole point of my podcast. I need an outlet because it annoys the crap out of me. And people like to hear it. It's a very, like, there. There's a there's a market for it right now because COVID has really made it a lot worse. So people... People are looking for that information. They're hungry for it. And there's not a lot of it out there. There's a few papers that have been written over the years, but like very limited stuff.
1: So I guess my first question, because I was talking to my girlfriend about about how we're doing the show with you today and her question, which I didn't have the answer to, was have you been in uh, MLM before? Were you ever part of Arbonne or Beachbody or anything like that? No,
2: No, I haven't been. Um, The first time I got pitched... Like, um, the first, the biggest one, like when I was a kid, it was probably like Mary Kay. Um, and I just, I look back at it now, like how messed up this was, but there was like this girl's empowerment thing in my town. It was a bunch of girls from like 11 to 14. And like, it was this big fun day and they had like a Mary Kay lady there basically like giving us her business pitch. Like we're children, you know, and telling it. And cause she, they Mary Kay ladies. Like once they get to a certain rank, they drive these like pink cars around so just saying like, I'm a businesswoman, and you can be too. And like, obviously she's not trying to recruit us. Cause like that would be illegal. But, um, yeah. So I remember that just being like told right away, like Mary Kay is awesome. And then when I was still a minor, I was about 16. I was at one of those like Mary Kay home parties and like kind of knowing that it was like sketchy, but not really, you know, someone invited me to it. So I went to it. Um, and she like, sat like this woman who was there, sat down with me. It was like a bunch of adults. And then me and another girl, my age we were like 16. And she like sat down with me and tried to recruit me and tell me that I'd be great for, I'd be a great salesperson for Mary Kay. Like I know nothing about makeup. Like there's no reason why she would think that. And then I just remember like left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, But I know a ton of people. My partner was in one. My mom was in one. Um, my partner's sister was in two. So like, I see what happens like to people and like they've, yeah, yeah, like I haven't really talked about that on the podcast yet, but like, you know, like most people close to me have been in them.
0: It's interesting that you bring up Mary Kay, um, because I never really thought of a lot of these things as like predatory. Um, but yeah, like my mom is like, not she doesn't sell it. She just loves the products. It's weird, right? Like there's, I guess there's that end of it too. Um, and then it brings in the whole moral question of like, do you want to support something like this? Right. Because it is predatory and Bailey, I'm, I think I'm still coming on to your podcast to talk about the business model. So I've started to do research for that and it's actually crazy how little money people make. Like there's Mm -hmm. one, the one video you sent me, it's, um, it's a YouTube video by a guy named economics explained. That's his YouTube channel um and he he reveals that the person the mlm person who makes the most money in the world makes eight million dollars a year and i was thinking about that number i'm like that's it like that eight million dollars is like nothing to be at the very top of your market and then the, the worst part is that most people don't make anything most people end up being in the hole because they have to buy the product and then sell it to other people it's it's terrible just basically what this is and like in the market and the and everything it's awful you,
2: it's uh, a her sorry it's just it's a horrific industry and like we like nobody talks about it you know people like people really don't know like our legislature is not responding to it just like it's unbelievable like how little like people are talking about these things it's it blows me away so
1: is it that out of hand that you think it requires like legislative intervention like it's at that level of toxicity and in, in like saying like predatorial like behavior like it's not bad
2: yeah it's it's really bad because they prey on like the most vulnerable people and you they essentially are like technically like you know pyramid schemes are illegal but then the litigation and like like the courts there have been you know there's like there was a decision back in like i think it's the 70s or 80s it's called the amway decision um that essentially like made it so that they are allowed but if you like look into the history, like a lot of the people who were um, who were supposed to be protecting people in the like in the and the legislatures in the US were actually part of MLM's themselves. So they had like a there was like a reason that like they stood to benefit from keeping these things like to be technically legal Um But yeah, like people lose so much money and, you know, that's just not good for the economy for like people to be, you know, spending this money that they don't have, like going into serious debt. And then like, they're not participating in the workforce. They're not paying taxes because like, you know, they, um, they almost always like when they do their taxes, they've always almost like lost money in MLMs. So they actually get like tax breaks that they don't realize are tax breaks because they think they're making money, but they're not. So it's just like. And it's very disempowering. You know, it's a, people like to like say that these business opportunities are like empowering women and stay at home moms and whatever. But it's the exact opposite. Like they and they if I think um, Jordan, in that video I sent you, it's like one in how many people are in MLMs and you don't even know it. Right. Like it's insane. It's a huge chunk of our like population and it's a bill like it's billions of dollars of industry. It's insane.
0: What was it, Bailey, like 18 million Americans or something like that?
2: Yeah. And that was specifically on the US. I think it ended up being like, you know, one in 10 or something like that, you know, that. um, But I don't know the math. I'm not good at math. So don't quote me on any of this. But it's, it's a pretty shocking amount of people
0: so i know i know quinn sorry just one second before you get into why we actually wanted to talk to bailey and like some of the mental health aspects of this um that we wanted to bring forward on the framework project i think just it's good to clarify um kind of like what the difference is between like or what they say the difference is between a pyramid scheme and an mlm realistically a pyramid scheme is completely based on recruitment right bailey and it's basically like people buy in and then they get their money back from other people buying in And what distinguishes an MLM from a pyramid scheme is that there's product involved in an MLM and that and that some of the revenue um, of the company comes from the sale of product. Is that am I correct in saying that?
2: Yeah, I would say so. I think like with MLMs though, like the money does come from recruiting and it's a very roundabout way of doing it. So you essentially like force the people who work with you to like spend X amount of money, what's called PV, personal volume, to order to stay active in the company. So you're selling product, yes, but you're selling it at like a crazy markup because you have to pay for the commission of this entire business structure, right? Um, And so it's a crazy markup product that's, like, worth a fraction of what people are buying it for. So it's, like, they use products as a way to, like, get around, you know, being called illegal. But, you know, that's not actually working anymore. There's, like, some interesting litigation going on saying that, you know, just because you sell product doesn't mean it's not a pyramid scheme. Um, It's, like, a whole other, you know... A whole mm-hmm. other topic in itself, um, but the definition is changing. Like the there's like litigation that's changing what the definition is. But like that's what a lot of people in MLMs will say. They'll say this is not a pyramid scheme. First of all, pyramid schemes are illegal, and in pyramid schemes, there's no exchange of product. We sell product, and like it's just not a very good argument. Like mm-hmm. so that yeah, that's kind of the difference, right? I mean,
0: <laughs> pyramid schemes are illegal. Would I do something illegal? Right. I want to know when there
1: is this weird marriage and intersection between wellness and like wellness lifestyle and selling fucking essential oils or like conditioner. I don't get it because I'm going to be honest with you. There's girls that I follow that sell this shit and they all post the same motivational quotes, the same mood boards. They have the same aesthetic. I don't know if they're like, if Arbonne gives them the same font package and it's like, Make sure every single thing you do in your life is in this cursive font and like in this like pastel, you know what I mean? It's actually bizarre. And every single thing I've seen, whether it's shampoo, protein powder, essential oils, all of them are like, wake up and grind, honey. Your pockets aren't going to fill themselves. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like when did this become, when did Arnold Schwarzenegger and essential oils like merge? Like I don't get it. Or like, um... Who's the other Tony Robbins? Like, I don't know when this like merger came with wellness and MLM. Can you explain a bit of that?
2: So I'll answer the first thing about the similar posts. So a lot of them have what's called like a team page. Like it might be a Google doc or something and their upline literally just like put stuff in there. So like if you see, for example, like a lot of those progress pictures for something like Arbon or it works like they'll say, you know, my friend so-and-so just lost 10 pounds using this keto coffee and they actually don't know that person like this is a photo that's been recycled year like for years and years and years and years. And it's the same thing. They have like copy paste like notes that they like depending on different topics. They say use this if you're trying to recruit moms, use this if you're trying to recruit college students like they have like a team page. Um, so that's why they all look the same. Um, but for like coordinating with like the wellness industry, I don't know. It became fashionable, I think, because MLMs were around before, you know, the kind of, like, wellness industry idea, like, again, like, those makeup MLMs are, like, Tupperware, and, like, I always mention Tupperware just as, like, a good example for people, but, like, Tupperware is, like, not really that big of a deal, like, they're not, I mean, they're an MLM, so they're not great, but, like, they're not that bad, like, Tupperware is whatever, Um, but, Yeah. So like it's slowly, I don't know, people started seeing like there was an appetite, I guess, for like the wellness industry. And then the MLM just like clobbed onto that. Right. So like there is a wellness industry that I think is pretty problematic, but that is still separate from the MLM thing. And then the MLMs have just like globbed onto it because it's trendy. Um, and I don't know, you see a lot of like motivational speakers get really like sucked into MLMs, which is really, uh, and a lot of people follow them, which is pretty messed up. Uh, like, yeah, you said Tony Robbins or like Rachel Hollis. Um, she's the one who wrote that like girl washer Facebook. Um, and what? so, yeah, I don't know you've probably like seen it on people's Instagram stories. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: book?
2: yeah, it's a very, it was a very, it's a very popular book. Um, it's like a self-development thing. So, but also because a big like MO for MLMs is self-development. Like their distributors usually have to do like X amount of self-development I and mean, they don't like have to, but it's like, if they look at their like daily chart for the day, they're supposed to send X amount of time. Uh, depending on the MLM on self-development. So they just kind of like, you know, they've co-opted that. And like the idea, it's really is like, honestly, a method of indoctrination. Like it's just trying to, you know, break people down and like reteach them how to think. Um, So I think it's, yeah, it's like misappropriating like a lot of that stuff, but honestly, like who come like, not who can blame them. Like I'm not giving these MLMs a pass, but like the wellness industry has kind of been like messed up on its own before MLMs decided to tap into it. So yeah.
1: Do you genuinely believe, so the girls that like are spamming you and are taking it very personally when you call them out and critique MLM, if you were, if I were to pull one of them off the street and ask them like, Hey, like do you genuinely feel like being part of an MLM has enhanced your wellness? What do you think that answer would be? Like, do you think they're that indoctrinated that they feel as though like, I'm living my best girl boss life. Like I'm a queen. I am killing it right now. Or is it just like, do they all share the same mouth? Are they just saying the same things?
2: So, I mean, I don't really know like what's going on in their minds, but like what I do know from like, you know, watching videos of people who have left MLMs, like they say that while they're in them, they genuinely believe it and they have this like little voice of doubt that they're kind of always told to just kind of shut off right like reject the haters and I guess that also means the haters in your own mind to kind of like you know silence any doubt whether it's from people you know or whether it's just from like your common sense um, so I mean I, I I see why it happens to people um, I I th- like they they do though like all say the same things like they're given scripts right like they're also a lot of MLMs will give people scripts like so when they get rejection messages so when they're like cold messaging people and if someone says no i don't i mean you're in a pyramid scheme they get like scripts of like what to answer to that right and that's why you'll notice a lot of them are the same they'll do a lot of what's called mlm like myth busting and the the script if you watch any of the videos it doesn't matter what company it's all the same stuff they usually start with something like i used to be super anti mlm and then i realized that i could make money by just sharing information about products i already use and you know like that's, it's any video you see is like the exact same. Um, so they definitely get scripts, but I think they believe it a little bit. I, um, I don't know. It's hard. I think that like they really want to believe it, you know, whether they believe it or not, like they're kind of hinging their lives on this They're hinging like their finances on this. So they, they make themselves believe it as much as, as much as they can, I think.
0: Quinn, what was that you were telling me the other day about an MLM that you saw in high school? What was the one that was like you were saying was really popular when we were in grade 12? Oh, was, like, guys were doing it.
1: Yeah, Bailey, this is still a thing in the male community. Uh, Forex, uh, like stocks, but like there's like Forex is foreign exchange. So you just trade currency, but there's like parasitic groups in the GTA in Toronto that will like somehow like teach you these like courses to become like a financial guru. But you have to pay this entrance fee of like 90 US dollars and it's like free yourself financially. What's like, what are you going to regret more? One $90 purchase for like a lifetime of financial freedom or like struggling with the stock market, right? And you just go to all these seminars, you learn stuff you can watch on YouTube in 20 minutes, but then they make you recruit other people for these courses. It's really fucked up. And I have a bunch of friends that did that and they're still like, they're not millionaires yet, you know? So it's just like, I see it everywhere.
2: Yeah, and it's – you really see, like, there's, like, a really heavy gender piece. Like, the way – like, I think the really stereotypical, like, MLM person is, like, a woman. That's why we say, hey, hon, whatever. And, like, it typically targets women. But, like, the ones that are, like, meant to target men and often, like, teenage boys are ones that – yeah, they're selling, like, this kind of, like, false, like, machoism, right? It's, like – it's just, like, you – need to be able to like make millions of dollars or you're not a man. You know, it's just like really, it's very, it's like, again, it's like talking, like they really prey on like toxic masculinity and same thing with, um, there was one that actually got shut down for being a full on pyramid schemes called a uh, Vemma nutrition. And it was like essentially supposed to be like healthy energy drinks and they preyed on like sports teams. Um, And so, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, they're very gendered entities. And uh, there's also MLMs that are, like, supposed to be, like, they're, like, investment companies. There's ones that are giving, like, legal advice. Like, anything, like, any kind of, like, industry you can think of, like, there is an MLM out there that's doing that. It's interesting.
1: Legal advice, MLMs, how the fuck would that work?
2: I mean, I haven't looked into it that much, but I don't know. Like, the idea is that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, can't speak to it, but I know that they are out there but that's kind of like something i've never personally seen so it's like last on my priority list for researching but i know it exists and not in canada from what i understand it's a little bit easier to get away with that in the states when you have so many different like legal jurisdictions right it's hard to like monitor what's going Mm -hmm. on there um but yeah i know that they exist and the insurance ones are actually like really big so it's kind of scary
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, so I think well, Jordan, I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on one expression that you had mentioned to us, and that was this word of toxic positivity. So I guess from your realm of MLM, what is what does toxic positivity mean? How would you describe it?
2: Well, toxic positivity is something that happens, you know, both in and out of MLMs. Like so toxic positivity like, and this is all just like my perspective and what I'm seeing. I have no training in psychology, right? Um, it was my minor and my undergrad. And then I also taught yoga for like a long time. So this is kind of just like my perspective on everything. But what I see toxic positivity as it's like a misappropriation of essentially cognitive behavioral therapy. So like CBT. And like, if you don't know what CBT is, it's like, it's talk therapy that like People will like learn through like a psychotherapist, or, like a talk therapist. And so the idea is to like is to challenge your negative thinking patterns. So the idea that, you know, you are not your thoughts, that you can change your perspective and your mindset. Um, And it's also like a, a common thing like CBT is like part of like meditative techniques, like separating yourself from your essence or your soul or whatever you want to call it. Um, you're trying to separate that part of you from like these problematic Cognitive patterns that you might have developed, so like your self-deprecating or anxious thoughts. Um, so like some common like layperson type of like CBT uh, strategies that you might use if you're not doing talk therapies, like yeah, meditation, gratitude journals, like to focus on the positive things in your life to change your perspective, and obviously like working yeah with like a therapist. Um, so what toxic positivity does is it like takes CBT and it like it like warps it in like this really messed up way. So it, it's like when people may not be like having a good day or like week or month or year life, whatever. And like, they may be going through like a really hard time or they might just be like bored with their life. Um, And they force themselves to ignore negative thoughts and they force themselves to like essentially just pretend that everything is perfect and everything's just hunky dory. And that's like not what CBT is supposed to be right. Like CBT is supposed to be like letting yourself feel things and like trying to retrain yourself, you know, to like interpret the world around you to just like have a more fulfilling life. But this takes, you know, years. This is not something that just like happens because you say you're happy now. Right. Um, But like with toxic positivity, it's like you, you know, you might be like feeling depressed or anxious. And so you think that like, you're going to be positive and you're just going to put on a nice outfit and post on your Instagram story about how happy you are. And all of a sudden problem solved, or like you tell people to like be positive and you know, like it's just, it's, it's fake. It's all completely fake. Like, it's just like the idea that you can flip a switch, you know, and just be, just be happy. Like I lost my job, but I have a positive outlook because the future is so large and I can do anything now, now that I'm free from the shackles of my nine to five, like it's so unhealthy and it, like you're deluding yourself. And, You know, there's a difference between retraining your thought patterns, again, which I said takes years through, like either therapy, counseling, or just meditation practice, and then brainwashing yourself and just like being delusional. So, you know, people, you'll notice like people who like practice toxic positivity, like on Instagram, they might just be like, you are in your own way, like, just change your mindset and you'll be happy if you do X, Y, Z, and then you'll be happy and fulfilled like me. And if you're not happy, it's your own fault you know, just smile and say you're happy and be grateful. You have a roof over your head. You're good to go. So MLMs love toxic positivity. They love it because it's like the perfect tool to lure people in. Right. And like, I think some people, like more people are getting familiar with like CBT, even if they don't know, that's what it is like meditation, whatever. So they're like, yeah, like I understand the idea that I am not my thoughts. I understand this you know i understand that this is like a good path forward to better mental health and then you see these mlm posts that are just like i just changed my mindset and now my wallet is way thicker like you know so it's like it's like a tool to lure people in but it's all fake it's all fake
0: yeah that's that's an interesting you know dilemma and you know when you talk about these people that are in the mlms that 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 practice this Or that just, you know, happen to do it. How much of that do you think is their own conscious choice? And how much of that do you think might have to do with something like being part of the group?
2: So I know that a lot of MLM people are trained to sell their life. Like they literally are supposed to not necessarily like sell the product. They're supposed to make people want to have their life because they want more people to, quote, work for them. Even though you're not getting a salary. So you're not really, you know... Um, but that's the idea. You want to sell the lifestyle of being a beach body coach. You want to sell the lifestyle of like, you know, being so health conscious and only using clean natural products for your kids. And like, that's a whole other tangent. Like once these products are actually tested, they're not what they say they are. But anyways, like it's the idea you sell your lifestyle and then like that people will come. So they'll like make different posts depending on who they want to attract. They're going to say, okay, this week I want to attract, you know, really ambitious people who like to travel. So then they'll post like old pictures from old vacations. And then they'll lie and say, I got to go on this trip and it works paid for it when it works, did not pay for it. Um, they might've like paid for like the conference fee, which is like 90 bucks. And then the thousand dollar plane ticket to, you know, Barbados or wherever is out of mm-hmm. pocket. So is the hotel. And so like, so they, they have again, templates. Cause they have these like group document pages. Um, and I mean, I think some of it, like they do themselves, like they, uh, I think part like, again, it's like it's hard to know whether they actually like believe this or, you know, whether they're just like doing that cut pace, like what their upline is telling them. But I, I think like overall, like they want to believe it because they want to have the life that they're trying to sell to people like they're trying to convince themselves that their life is so awesome and that they're doing everyone else like a service by trying to share their life and try to make everyone's life like theirs. So it's like this. it's like a cognitive dissonance really is what it is. Um yeah.
0: That's my favorite uh, saying from law school so far. Cognitive dissonance—that's what people say when they just want to tell you that you don't understand or that they do not understand. I love it. It, well, it makes you makes you sound way smarter. So good word. Thank you. you. Say, people say <laughs> cognitive dissonance to make you feel stupid.
2: Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> I see. No, well, um, Jordan will know what I, I mean by this, but these um, like the excessive toxic positivity. I see a lot of that uh, with guys in the brochurepreneur community. So like these guys, friends of mine that are doing startups or that like have dropped out to work on like a passion of theirs, which is great. I 100% support that. I vouch for that. But when it becomes a lifestyle and how you think and they're re- resharing Ty Lopez and Gary Vaynerchuk videos about like how you need to tell your parents to fuck off and go get what you want because you're like just like stuff like that where it's like the only person in your way is your bad attitude. I'm out here making hundred K a month, drop shipping mugs on Amazon through my Shopify store. What are you doing? Lazy fighting with your parents still lit like living in a bungalow. I'm living in the Hollywood Hills because I don't complain. And it's just like, you don't need to reshare those posts when you're just, uh, you're a Twitch streamer. You're streaming league of legends 20 hours a day. Cause that's your grind. Like, it's just like this excessive like grind mentality right? I think there's one thing to promote hard work and grit and dedication, but to promote like what you were saying, Billy, of like this excessive, like you're the only barrier in your way, yada, yada, yada. Like, I think it's, it's an endemic almost like it's spreading everywhere. I don't know if Jordan, you've seen that, but yeah, what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, for sure. And I think it goes beyond just MLMs or anything. It's just become like a toxic mindset that people, people have. And I, You know, you see it in law school, too, with people talking about, oh, I did this, that and the other thing this week and people just really not prioritizing their their own emotional well-being and their mental health. And I think that's why it's important that we have this conversation, because otherwise, you know, people think that that it's it's okay to to be positive all the time and and well you know what if you feel positive all the time good for you like i'd love to live your life and take whatever drugs you're taking but like it's not it but it doesn't happen it's not real it doesn't exist i think it's important to feel like those emotions of of pain and of like sadness and to go through that stuff it's how you grow
1: I am my next tattoo. I'm getting it's Latin. It's discansis al inferno, and literally means sink into fire. It's a reminder to like let yourself, it's like when bad things come, like experience them, sink into them, let them ride out because there's always a good lesson in them. Um, Bailey, I guess because we don't want to steal your content from where we're gonna direct our audience to listen to your show. So I guess just like and kind of like wrapping this up, wanting to ask you if there's any young boys, young girls, or just like impressionable minds out there listening that are thinking of joining an MLM? What would your advice be to those people and, and why?
2: Um, so the short answer would be don't do it. <laughs> the long answer, I'll tell you why. I mean, I mean, make your own choices. But I think a really good place to start is by looking at who the founder is. Of this particular company because it is like embedded like the kind of person that the founder is is like embedded whether or not they're still alive in every like little piece of the company it's very that's why people sometimes will compare them to cults as well i have an episode coming out about that um but it's very it's can tends to be like pretty leader heavy and so just like look into the founder and if you like realize this is a sketchy person like those sketchy ideas and mentalities and like ways of operating and stretching the truth will be embedded in the company. Um, the second thing I would say is look at the income disclosure statements. Like you will see on there that 99% of people are making, and this is a very general statement, but like a very common trend that I see is like 99% of people make 200 bucks a year. Okay. Like that sucks. You know what I mean? Like, that's insane. Like that's insanely low. And then a lot of people who are in MLMs will say, well, that's also, you know, includes That's not people who work for the MLMs. It's just people who like the product. Okay. Well then you go up the next level and this is where, you know, like, uh, like 1% of people are. And these are people who are actually trying to sell products and working hard. And then it only improves by like, you know, 200 bucks. So now instead of making, you know, 200 bucks a year, you're making 400 bucks a year. Like that's still horrible. Like, don't just don't do it. It's not it's 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 essentially a mental health nuclear bomb first of all and it's like it, it's a financial like you're it's so risky it is so unbelievably risky like some people make it worth make it work and they like can make you know like three thousand dollars a month again before taxes and then they're gonna get smacked in the face um in march or whenever their country does taxes um it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like you see people who are actually make money in MLMs. They are working all the time and they preach the idea that they can work from their phone. You have literally women who are, I think it's like Arbonne, like who are in labor and who are like, so glad I don't have to take time off to give birth. Like I could work for my phone. It's like, could you imagine giving birth and working from your freaking phone? Like that is not freedom. I don't care how you say it. Like people who actually like end up making like just a livable wage not even good money just like a livable wage with mlms are working all the time and they are destroying their relationships just it is not worth it i mean just i mean find another way to make money on the internet i mean literally anything would be better like i as i say this like half joking honestly only fans if you are that desperate do anything Uh, other than join an mlm like just don't
0: that's jordan and i's next venture yeah, we're starting the OnlyFans stream tonight. See y'all there.
1: Um Bailey, where can people go to find your episodes?
2: Um, so they can go to either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh the Google Podcasts app, the Amazon music app. I don't even know what that one's called. Um it's just downline. If you search it, it'll it'll come up. Um yeah, that's what that's that's all it's called. You'll find it, you'll be able to play it there. Podbean it's on there as well. Um, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram, which is where I do like all my Instagram polls and stuff, and that's at downline pod. Um, yeah, that's where you can find us.
0: And Bailey also does a ton of like cool Instagram story chats to like it's kind of like continuing education on MLMs. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Bailey. This was a really great chat, really informative. I really hope we get to do this again down, down the line, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> that was awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this has been episode 16 of the Framework Project. We'll see you all next week. Quinn, what are we talking about next week?
1: How tired I am of law school.
0: Yeah, we honestly might just do a recap episode because it's been a minute now since it's just just been me and Quinn. I think we got some stuff to reflect on. So we'll see you all then. Have a good week, everyone. We'll talk soon.